We're talking about Finding Dory. We're going to have a little fun today. Uh, it's going to be a little different. A lot of people uh, asked me, they said, oh, you're doing Finding Dory, Brent. I thought you would do like, you know, one of the superheroes or Civil War or something like that. That's what you pick. No, I picked Finding Dory. That was my, my first pick of the, the bunch. And, uh, you know, Pixar movies, if you've ever seen a Pixar movie, I mean, it's just, I, we went this week and saw Finding, saw Finding Dory. And, you know, I, you know, I don't get very excited about it, but then when you're there in the theater, you think, I'm going to see a Pixar movie. This is going to be good. You know, you're guaranteed it's going to at least be good. And, uh, you know, I you know, t- tell this, tell everybody in first service, the, uh, the only two movies I've ever teared up in as an adult male has been Pixar movies. I don't know what it was. And neither one of them were up, okay? That first 10 minutes up, I mean, I don't know. That didn't, I don't know. That didn't get me, but I know that got a lot of people. But that, there was other, th- other Pixar movies that really got me a different way. So, uh, so I mean, these Pixar movies, they, they, they usually are a little bit different. Uh, and they're a different kind of blockbuster, but that's what, kind of what we're, talk, what we're talking about today. So, um, and if you don't know, if you never, who's seen the movie? Who's seen the new movie, Finding Dory? Has anyone seen Finding Dory? How, how many people have you seen Finding Nemo? Every, just about everybody's seen Finding Nemo. And, uh, you know, it, it's maybe been a while, but just, but, uh, you know, you know the story is about a fish, Dory, and about two cartoon fish. Uh, Dory meets Marlin, and Marlin is trying to find his son, Nemo, and that's the first movie. This movie that's just come out is Finding Dory. And so the first movie is about, about Marlon trying to find his son Nemo and Dory going with him. And uh, if, if you don't remember, I want to give you a real quick, uh, just a little refresh of uh, Dory and Marlon, their first time they met back in Finding Nemo. Sir, are, are you okay? No, no, they took him away. I, I have to find the boat. A boat? Hey, I've seen a boat. You have? Uh-huh, and it passed by not too long ago. A white one? Hi, I'm Dory. Where? Which way? Oh, oh, oh. It, it went, um, this way. Yeah, it went this way. Follow me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. You're showing me which way the boat went. A boat? Hey, I've seen a boat. It passed by not too long ago. It, it went, um, this way. It went this way. Follow me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is going on? You already told me which way the boat was going. I did. See, I, I suffer from short-term memory loss. Short-term memory loss. I don't believe this. No, it's true. I forget things almost instantly. It runs in my family. Well, I mean, at least I think it does. Um, hmm. Can I help you? Something's wrong with you. So that's Dory. If you don't know Dory, she's, she has a, a very uh, short attention span, short uh, memory, uh, no short-term memory whatsoever. And uh, it's because of this, this incident right here. She teams up with Marlon, and they go across the ocean to find his son. Uh, and like, you know, when I found out they were doing a sequel, I was like, they're doing a sequel to Finding Nemo? I mean, like, is he going to lose him again? I mean, it's kind of like the Taken movies. Like, when they, it's like, it's like Liam Neeson has got to quit losing his daughter. Um, but, you know, they, they decided to focus on Dory this time, so it's a little bit different. But the storyline is just about, it's about Dory, and she finds, she, the, and the old movie is about 
It's about her finding, meeting Marlon and going with him, putting aside what she was doing before and following him. And, and that's a true friend. And so that's today, that's kind of what I want to talk about is like being there for people, being with people, just going with people. And when people are, 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 are wherever they're at in life, wherever they're headed, whatever adventure they're on, just kind of putting our life aside and, and following them. And it, it, thinking about this reminded me of a story in the Bible. And it's a story about a, about a woman named Naomi. And she has a husband named Elimelech. And they live in Bethlehem. You may have heard of Bethlehem. Everybody know Bethlehem from a different story? Um, they live there and they have two sons and there's a famine and it causes them to want to, they're going to move out of, of their home and, and live in a different land called, called Moab. And when they get to Moab, their two sons, they, you know, they find two women, they get married and you know, they're planning to start a family and everything looks good that, you know, they're out of the famine and all that stuff. But then something is bad things start to happen. Uh, first, the first Elimelech dies. That's the father. He dies. And then the two sons, they both die. So it leaves Naomi in the middle of a land she doesn't know, in the middle of a place she's, she re, she's really not familiar with, without anybody in the world except for her two daughter, daughters-in-law. And uh, it's so, so it, then she finds out that, that, that the, the famine is kind of is going away in her homeland, so she, she's going to go back. And so her two daughters-in-law, they go with her, and they're headed down the road. And uh, she turns around and she says something to them. She says, she says this right here to them. Uh, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you. And then she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. So they say, they, they say, no, 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 Naomi, we can't go back. We're with you. You know, we're, we're with you. You know, we're your friend. We've got your back. And, you know, we have a lot of people in our life that will probably tell you that. You know, a lot of people say, man, I got your back. You know, I, I'm there for you if you need me. You know, but it's a lot different. People say that and then it's different when seeing what they actually do. Do they actually follow up on what they say? And that's the mark of a true friend, someone who will really be with you, who will go with you throughout whatever you're going through. They're going to be with you. And so, so. Uh, Naomi looks at her two daughters in law and said, this is crazy, guys. Like, you, you don't need to be going with me. You know, the whole reason that, that we're even uh, together in the first place is because, is because you married my sons and, you know, you were planning on starting a family, settling down. And now those whole dreams, those are, those are changed forever. That's, that's not going to happen anymore. You can't go with me. You need to go back to your home and I'll, you need to go back and just, just go back to your life. And, and so, you know, the two of them, Orpah, Orpah is one of them. She, she, like, hand up. I'm out. You know. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. And so here's what she says to uh, Naomi. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her, and she said, "See, your sister-in-law has gone back. See, Orpah's gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law." So Orpah decides to leave. What does Orpah choose there? What is her choice there? Her choice, it, we'd say, you know, she went back home. She went back to, instead of following God, she went to follow a different God. But you know what she also chose? She chose her life. She cho- chose her home. She chose her family. She chose her God. She chose to, to have her life instead of helping Naomi. And there, 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 it, we very rarely get it that cut and dry in real life. We very rarely, I mean, they're actually at a fork in the road. You know, they're at, a, you know, this way's, this way's back home. This way is, is back to my home. You know, which, are you with me? Or are you not with me? We very rarely get it like that in real life. You know, it's not that cut and dry. Uh, but, but Naomi, uh, 
Orpah had a choice here and she chose her own life. She had a chance to, to lay aside her life and be with Naomi because, I mean, Naomi was having, having and not just a bad day, she's having a really bad time in her life. I mean, yes, Orpah, yes, Ruth, they had both lost someone they loved, but Naomi had lost everybody. And Orpah, Orpah chose to, to go back to her life, but Ruth chose differently. Ruth chose, Ruth chose to, to go with them and go with her. And, you know, we have that opportunity sometimes to lay our life aside for other people. Jesus, when he talked about being a friend, he talked about, about that, that true love, like a, a true friendship is, is when someone will lay down their life for a friend. That's, that's, what, that's what the greatest love there is, is when someone lays down their life. And, you know, remember, there's a lot of people that say, oh, man, I take a bullet for you, you know, but... I don't really need somebody to take a bullet for me on an everyday basis, right? I mean, that doesn't really come up too often, you know? I, I, and we have people that say those kind of things, but I, I, we don't need that. We, need, we don't need somebody that necessarily lay their life down literally, but someone who lay their life down as in, as in lay down whatever's important to me, lay down whatever I think is important right now so I can serve someone else. That's what we need. And that's what Ruth did. Ruth chose to go with Naomi. She chose and said, you know what? I have it bad, but at least I have a family to go back to. At least I've got something. But Naomi doesn't have anybody. If I leave her right now, nobody's going to go with her. So this is what Ruth says to her. Ruth, Ruth says, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. She says, I'm not going anywhere. You don't understand, Naomi. I've got your back. I'm with you. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. And that's what we need. We need friends that do that. We need to be friends that do that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, maybe so far we've been talking about uh, being friends. Maybe you've been thinking about it, about other people and how, how other people need to be better friends to, to you. Or you thought about people that have let you down in life. But, but let's think about the fact that we need to be better friends. You know, we need to be more like Ruth. And maybe we need to be a little bit more like an animated cartoon fish named Dory. You know, Dory left behind what she was doing. If you see the sequel, if you see Finding Dory, you find out that she was, she was on a pretty, pretty, big, uh, pretty big mission of her own. But she let, let that aside and, and went with Marlon and helped him out. And you say, well, Dory, she couldn't even remember what was going on, you know, five seconds. You know, of course she's... Of course she's going to be able to, you know, lay down, lay down her life. It wasn't that hard for her. But maybe that's who we need to be. We need to be people that can forget about what's going on with us. We can forget about what's important to us long enough where we can serve somebody, where we can really give all that we have to someone else, where we can have a relationship with somebody that means something because we really can lay aside what, what's important to me, what's important to us. If we can do that like Dory did, if we can forget what, what, what's important to us for just a minute and, and give our life to serving someone else, then maybe we're going to be the kind of servant we need to be. And so it's really hard when we begin to think about, about friends. You know, when I was preparing this, you know, I kept thinking about people who had let me down in the past, people who had, had, had hurt, you know, friends I thought that were going to be there for me that, that weren't. And you know, maybe that's what you've been thinking about too as we've been talking. You think, man, I could use a friend like that. But man, we need to be people like that. We need to be people that are, that are behind people, that are with people. We need to be those kind of people. But I know that it's hard sometimes because, because we live in such a self-centered society. You know, it's very easy to be self-centered because we're surrounded by it. You know, we're surrounded by a world that's very self-centered. I found this quote. Now, I'd like to read it to you uh, from a guy named Ronald Rollheiser. Came across this the other day. It popped up on my time hop. Uh, if we are not a generation in love with itself, we are undeniable a generation obsessed with itself. 
When we stand before reality preoccupied with ourselves, we will see precious little of what is actually there to be seen. Moreover, what little we do see will be distorted and shaped by self-interest. It is not surprising that we have trouble believing in the reality of God when we have trouble perceiving any reality at all beyond ourselves. That describes our world, right? That so describes the world we live in, a world that's completely and totally obsessed with self, that's obsessed with, with getting what I want and being all about me. When I read that, I thought, you know, this has got to be, you know, something written, you know, last year or something or, or something. So I, I came across it again and I was looking at it and I thought, you know, I probably need to look up where this is from. And I found out it wasn't even from this century. It was, it was from, the, from the mid 90s. It was from over 20 years ago. This was written and it sounds so much like who we are today and so much like who, who our society is now. And, uh, and those of you that remember, that remember the 90s, I remember the 90s, uh, how, how far we've come, how far we've gone uh, becoming more self-centered and, and more about pleasing ourselves and more about getting what we want. You know, uh, so many great things have been, been invented, but some of those things hurt us. Social media is great, but it, you know, it has a tendency for us to show the great things that are happening in our life and leave out all the, you know, all the stuff we don't want people to see and just show the great things to everybody and show off all that, all how happy and how perfect your life is. You know, it, so it could be a very, or it could be a thing where you could just kind of rant and, and rave because you're, you're so just obsessed with, with whatever's going on in your life and you forget that, that your voice has, has power and that you need to be a positive influence in the world. You know, it, it, we, have, we have cell phones and, and gadgets that we hold in our hands now, computers that are more powerful then they used to, and they, they, you know, they, they keep us distracted. And, and then we've got, they've got, they got uh, cameras that face back or that face at us so we can, you know, look perfect when we take the picture. You know, we live, we live not, just, not just technology, but we live in a world where people hurt other people in order to get ahead, where in order to climb a ladder, it's okay if, if, if you, you know, you, you hurt someone else to, to get on top, to get higher up the ladder. And that's, that's, that's how the world works. But that's not how the church should work, and that's not how us as Christians need to live. And it's so hard to forget that because we live in a world that's, that can be a doggy, doggy world. And uh, we, need to, we need to not do that. We need to not focus on that because that's completely different than the way Jesus taught us to live. It's, in fact, it's, it's a complete contradiction of the way Jesus taught us to live. Jesus told us, told us this. Uh, he told us that the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. He's saying it's, it's completely upside down from everything else that, that you're used to. This is not, this is not business as normal. When, the truth about the world is if you want to be great in the world, you're going to have to make yourself into nothing. If you want, if you want, to be, if you want God to exalt you, you're going to have to humble yourself. Where that's no longer even in your mind anymore that you want to be exalted. You need to, you need to be thinking about other people first and, and thinking about, about those things instead of what gets me ahead. Because, because when we, we humble ourselves, that allows God to exalt us. When we, when we make ourselves into nothing, that allows God to do something great in our lives. And I know that's, that's a really foreign concept, you know, to us sometimes. It seems like it's so out there. But, you know, I was trying to think of a, an example, and there is, one, there is a great example I found, and it's a cartoon animated fish, a little blue fish named Dory, okay? Go with me here, okay? But Dory, in this, this first movie, she, lets, she, she puts her stuff aside. She says, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to go help Marlon. And because of that, what happens? She won the hearts of, of millions. She captivated the audience. 
and she gets her sequel, you know? It's, it's finding, it's not finding Nemo too, it's finding Dory. It's all about her because she's been, she's been exalted, right? Like, that sounds crazy, but it's the same thing that happened to Ruth. Ruth said, you know what? I, she had a chance to go back to her life and do her thing, but instead she humbled herself and she said, no, Naomi, I'm with you. I'm going with you. And because of that, God was able to exalt her. Because of that, because of that humble spirit that Ruth had, had, God was able to exalt her and use her. And, and so Ruth, Ruth, you know, she went back to, with Naomi and she ends up finding, finding a guy named Boaz and they, it's a great story. You need to go read it. Uh, and they, they starts a family there and, and the book, the book that we were reading from, it becomes the story of Ruth because she chooses to go with Naomi. The story turns where it's all about her and it's about really about Ruth's journey. And so the book of the Bible that we were reading was, is called Ruth. When you read through the books of the Bible, you come across Ruth's name. I mean, that's, that's, that's just what God did is he, he exalted her to be somebody that, I mean, still, you still, you know, people who are named Ruth, right? People still name their kids Ruth. People don't really name their kids Orpha much, right? I don't know any Orphas. You know, Oprah doesn't count, just Orpha. Uh, but we still, we still name our kids Ruth. And it could, think about this. It could have been anybody else. Someone else could have made that choice. Someone else could have gone with Naomi. Maybe Orpah could have gone. Maybe it'd be the book of Orpah. But Ruth chose to go with Naomi. And because of that, God blessed her. And not just, not just there, but when she went back, when she met Boaz and they had, they had the child, they had a son and that son had a son and that son had a son and so on and so on and so on. And generation after generation, think about this. They were from where? They were from Bethlehem. That's where they lived. So who do you think their great grandson was? They finally had a great, 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 great grandson named Joseph. And Joseph is the earthly father of Jesus. So, I mean, when you get to, get to reading the greatest story ever told, the story of Jesus, you guess whose name you come across? In the very first chapter of the New Testament, you come across the name Ruth right there leading up to Jesus' birth. She, because she lessens herself, because she humbles herself, she becomes, she becomes part of the greatest story ever told. And if, if we will humble ourselves in the same way, then God will, it's all, God will, God will use us and he will do great things in our life if we'll, we'll be humbled and allow God to use us. And here's the thing is, is Jesus didn't just say it. He didn't just tell us to do it, but he did it himself, you know? He didn't have any reason to leave heaven, you know? He didn't have any reason, but he just cared enough about us, saw us, and he came to be with us. You know, one of the names we call Jesus is Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. I like that. It's not, it's not God on high. It's not God sitting on a throne and looking at us and, and saying, oh man, sorry you're going through that. Sorry you're having to deal with that. But it's, it's God getting his hands dirty, saying, you know what? I'm going down here. I'm going to do something. It's God putting on flesh and, and having problems just like me and you have. And it's, it's God with us. He said, he said like, I'm here with you. And he takes on our sin and, and he dies for us. He, let, he, he sacrifices for us. And that's, that's the grace we've been shown. That's the mercy we've been shown through Christ because he's with us. He's with us. He's got our back. He's always with us. He's for us. And you know what? If we're going to follow Jesus, if we say we're Christians, we say we're followers of Christ, that also means that we've got to be with other people, right? We've got to be with people. Not just, not just in word, not just saying, hey, I'm with you, buddy but really have people's back. We should be, that should be us. That should be what the church should be known for is for being 
having people's back and loving people no matter what and, and always being the one that, that, that speaks something that's, that's good about people. You know, a lot of people want to drag people through the mud and, and hurt, hurt people. We need to be people who are above that and different than that. We should be people who are, are looking, for, looking to help people and to support people and push people forward. Um, and so if you want to look like Jesus, you got to be with other people. You got to love other people. You got to serve other people. You've got to be humble and you, you've got to be a servant. And real quick, before we go any further, I want to just remind, I want to say a few things that maybe, so we're not, just, so we're all on the same page kind of, just a few quick reminders from Jesus about serving and loving and giving ourselves to other people and being with other people. Uh, this scripture comes from Matthew chapter five. It says, it, you have heard, this is Jesus talking, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, but here's what I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? If you greet only your own people, what more are you doing than others? Even people who are ungodly do that. So what, what Jesus is saying is, is a couple things. He's saying don't just, don't just love, serve, be with, be kind to people who, who are your friends, are in your circle. You know, Reach out past that. Find other people to serve and to love. Find pe- it's really easy to, to be kind to the people who are kind to you because, you know, it, they're nice to you, you're nice to them. But you should, be, you should serve people also that are outside of that circle that, that can't do anything for you. You know, it's, it's very easy to, you know, go wash your boss's car. You know what I mean? Because he could, he, he could help you out. But how about washing somebody's car that, that can't help you out or that, that doesn't even know you're washing their car? Do, do a good thing for somebody without getting any recognition. We need to do things for people that, that, that can't do anything back for us. That's what Jesus is also saying here. And he reminds us over and over and over again to give to those who are in need. Uh, and we need to do that. And that's why, that's why summer of serve is such an important thing. It, it's such an important thing for us to give of ourselves because when, when we do something for people that can't do anything for us, when we give to people who can't give back to us and we don't, we don't seek that reward and we don't seek the recognition and we're just doing it just to be humble, just to be kind, just to be like Jesus. When we do that, it's a rewarding experience for us because it, because it does. It makes us more like Christ. It makes us, it makes us better Christians when we give to people that can't help us out. And so, so if, if you got that piece of paper today and you didn't fill it out and, and there, there's, there's something that you can do this summer to serve some, somebody. So please, please take that home and, and, or please fill it out before you leave here today. And if you, maybe there's something that possibly you could do that no one else in this room would think about doing to serve other people. And so, so please, if you want to add a, if we can add your project to the list, please do that. You can sign up online please pray and think about doing that, okay? Because that's what, that's what our calling is as Christians. And I guess the most obvious thing that the scripture is telling, telling us is not just be nice to other people who are nice to you, but you have to be nice to people who don't even, don't even care about you, who don't love you. We have, to, we have to be kind to people who, we have to love people, serve people, and give people who are our enemies, who, who, are, who would attack us and want to hurt us because that's how, we, that's how we show that we're different than everyone else. Now, th- what this doesn't mean is this doesn't mean that, that we, should, we should allow people to take advantage of us or abuse us or hurt us or, or to, you know, to, to take for granted the grace we're showing them. Uh, but but we, need to, we need to do both. We need to have a good balance there. Jesus actually, it was one point where he went to a town and the people in the town, they weren't listening to him. They, they, they were making fun of him and mocking him, just saying, oh, he, he, you know, he, this, there's nothing to this Jesus guy. 
And so what he said when he left this place is he said, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. If there's somebody that you're trying to, you're trying to, to serve, you're trying to help, and they're just not receiving it, they're not, they're not, they're not with you. I mean, you're with them, but they're not with you. Then, then maybe that's a sign that, that God's got another plan for them. God's got someone else that's going to come alongside them and help them out that can reach them better than you can. And you need to back off because you may be in the way of somebody who wants to come and serve and help them out if you're in that, in that place. So you need to be able to back off and allow, allow that to happen. You can still love them. You can still pray for them. You can still give to them. But, but we, we need to be careful of our time. And there may be a better place where God can use us. And I believe that there is a place for all of us. There's a place where God wants to use every one of us in serving. You know, a lot of people, we look around and we say, oh, well, that serving thing, that's just for those people. No, we all have a place. We all have a way that we can serve someone that we can give to people. There's opportunities all around us if we'll just slow down and see it. And I think we get a pretty good example with Dory the fish. And I, wanna, I know that's a silly thing. I, you know, I said earlier in the first service, you know, if you would have asked me six months ago, would I be preaching a, a sermon about Dory? I would tell you no. There's no way. But I think there's some really good stuff we can learn from Dory. And uh, if you would, can we, just, can we just take a few minutes to, to observe a couple of things that Dory does and do, about different things about Dory that really, really uh, we can learn from about being a servant and being a, being a true follower of Christ from an animated fish, I know. But one of the things that we see in Dory is, you know what? You don't have to know that much. Isn't that good to know? You don't have to know that much. You know, sometimes I think uh, we as Christians, and please hear what I'm saying, uh, we, uh, we can, we can, start to, you know, make, maybe try to make ourselves feel a little bit better because maybe I know a little bit more about the Bible than you know, or I've been in this longer than you've been in this, or, or you know, I, I've got my, my life together a little bit more or whatever. But here's the thing is that's, that's something man-made. You know, th- there is no hierarchy in this. We're all just children of, of God. That's all it is. We're just, we're all just sinners saved by grace. There is, there, there, that's all stuff made up just to make us feel better. But really, the true test of where we are is about how we love each other and how we serve each other, how we honor each other. And that's what Paul reminded us of. He said, he said this, uh, if you love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. He said, outdo each other. If, if we're going to start comparing each other's lives and saying, hey, man, I'm a little bit, let's, let's do that. And like, hey, hey, I, I'm, I'm better at loving. I, I, I want to outdo. I got to get better at loving. If we're going to, if we're going to, compare. Let's, let's do that. Let's, let's compare how much we love one another and let's, let's, let's encourage each other through that, that we can all, all serve one another, honor each other a little bit better. And it doesn't take much knowledge to do that. It's, it's not, that's not a hard thing to do. The grace that God has shown you, just show it back to other people. That's all it is. It's that easy. But that's the thing is it's going to take a great sacrifice because what God, the grace that God's shown you is a great sacrifice. And maybe Maybe we don't like to think about that, but that's the truth. The other day I was, I was riding down the road and I was listening to the radio, like the old school radio, you know, like they still have those in cars. You know, you turn the knob or push the button or whatever and it scans, you know, I wasn't listening to the, to a playlist or anything like that. And so all of a sudden in the middle of me listening to something, you know, it went off and here comes the commercial and the commercial was speaking my language. Okay. It came on and it started talking about how hard it is to find a good steak. And so I was, man, I'm there. I'm, whatever, we're, whatever we're talking about now, I'm all ears. Like, I'm listening. 
So they start talking about how hard it is to find a good steak. And I'm like, my mouth's watering. I'm thinking about it, thinking about every beautiful steak that I've ever eaten in my life. Sorry, any vegetarians in the audience I'm offending right now. But I began thinking about that, and, and they started talking about how, how expensive it can be to find a good steak and all this stuff. And, and then they get to the, you know, to the end of the commercial, and they explain that, that, that if you want a great steak, you should try the Taco Bell uh, grilled steak flatbread sandwich. And I was like, hold up. The steak that was in my imagination just a minute ago and the steak that you were presenting to me now are two completely different steaks. I went home and I Googled it. You know, I went home and checked. I was like, I got to see this steak they're talking about. And I went home and looked at it. I was like, that is not the steak that I imagined. It's not, it's not it, you know, and it definitely doesn't cost $1.49. I wish it did, but, you know, that's, that's not the thing. And the, the commercial ended with, with this tagline. It said, it's a great steak without the sacrifice. And, I, you know, I'm riding down the road. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this sermon, and I think, you know, that's kind of what we want, isn't it? We want... In the world that, that is all revolves around pushing a button and you get whatever it is, you know, you, we, where everything's customizable, everything is centered around us, and, it, and it's all so me-centered and so quick and so now. We sometimes think that we can do that with relationships too. And then we can do that with, with being a servant, that we can, we can be a follower of Christ without the sacrifice, that we can be a friend to somebody without the sacrifice, that we can, we, can, we can love somebody without having to sacrifice. But the truth is, if we want to love each other like Jesus loved us, it's going to cost us something. Bob Goff, he, he wrote a great book called Love Does, and it's, the first chapter is called I'm With You. And so it's all about this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's one of the things he said in that chapter. He says, he says, the world can make you think that love can be picked up at a garage sale or enveloped in a Hallmark card. But the kind of love that God created and demonstrated is a costly one because it involves sacrifice and presence. The kind of love that God has for us is a costly one. It costs God something to show us that love. It's gonna cost us something to show that love back. When we love other people, sometimes it means we're gonna have to sacrifice something. When was the last time you sacrificed something for somebody? When was the last time you gave something to somebody? And, and didn't expect anything in return. Didn't even expect them to even know that you were there. I mean, however, if it was yesterday, you know, it's probably time again to get at it again and find a way to serve somebody else, somebody new, because, because that's what we've been challenged to do by God. So just remind, we don't have to, you don't have to know that much. Just know how to show the grace that God has already shown you. If you, you can do that, then, then you, can, you can follow Jesus, then you can be a servant. So you don't have to know much. And the other thing we learned from Dory is that we don't have to know much, but just know where you're headed. Do you remember where Dory was headed? Anybody? P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby. If you've seen the movie, more than, the first movie, more than like twice, then you've probably got that memorized because Dory says it throughout the entire movie. It's the only reason she's with Marlon is because she can read and she reads the directions and, or reads the address and she remembers it and she keeps saying it over and over and over. P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. She says it over and over and over and over throughout the movie. And, uh, and it's the only thing she can remember. And so, you know what? Maybe we can learn something from that. If we're gonna remember anything, if we can only know one thing, how about we focus on where we're headed? How about we focus on the destination that we have? Not just, and we're not headed to P. Sherman 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. Okay, we're headed to a much better address than that. We're headed, we're headed, we're on a 
path to heaven. And the place that God is wanting to take us, not just in heaven, but the place where he's taking us in life, is, is going to be so great And if we'll follow him and we'll serve him. Let, let's, let's look at this uh, where Paul reminds us here. Uh, if you, then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. We need to focus on heaven. We need to focus on our destination, but not just our destination, because today we're kind of talking about, you know, focusing on other people. So what about that? I'm not going to heaven by myself, right? I hope I'm not. I hope as many people as possible go with me. I hope as many people, I hope, I hope everybody can go with me. And that's how we should feel too, is we should see every person as, 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 as someone who's going to spend eternity in one of two places, right? That's how we should focus on that. If we're going to focus on anything, let's, let's focus on that. If we're going to remember anything, let's remember that. I want to read a quote from C.S. Lewis. He said it a lot better than I can say it. He said, all day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal, but it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. That should challenge us. That should, I hope that challenges you, that the people that we come in contact with, the people that we see, the people we talk to, and the people that we hurt, the people that we, we disregard, every one of them has an eternal destination. Each one of them has, God, God has a plan for every one of their lives. He has, he has a hope and a destiny for each one of them. And, and if, we, if we could see ourselves as trying to help people find their place in this world so that God, so we, can, we, we can be with them in the next one, right? We should, we should be focusing on on loving one another and serving one another in a way where we realize that everything we do, everything, every action we take with other people, and we're not just interacting with just some guy over here, but, this, but it's, it's people who are going to spend eternity somewhere. And what we do has a, can have an effect on that if we allow it to. What we do can, can, can greatly influence that. And that should be a heavy weight on us. That should be something that, that we, we walk with and we, we, we think about throughout the time. So, so you don't have to know everything, but just know where we're headed. And one more thing we can learn from Dory is to just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. I would sing it, but I'm not going to. Y'all can sing it later. Um, but just keep swimming. That's what, that's what fish do, right? That's kind of silly. Just, just keep swimming. That's what fish do. Well, what do we do? Fish, I mean, they swim. That, we know that. What do we, we walk, we breathe. No, I'm not talking about humans. What we do as Christians, what we do is, as followers of Christ, what is it that you and I do? Jesus told us what it was that would let people know that we're followers of him. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's our love for each other that, that's going to tell who we are. We need to not just keep swimming. We need to just keep loving one another. We need to just keep serving one another. We need to just keep humbling ourselves. We need to just keep, just keep being there for people. Just keep, just keep believing that God's going to turn their situation around. That just when other people are, have walked away or turn their back on, on your friends, say, no, 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 I'm, I'm here with you. Just, just keep on being there for them, being with them. We just keep on giving yourself, just keep on sacrificing for other people. We need to just keep 
loving each other. Just keep helping one another. Just keep being there for one another. That's what we need to do. That's how people will know that we're Christians. That's how people are going to see that we're different, that God has done something in us. And because of that, we can't be the same anymore, that we have got to share that love, that hope, and that grace with other people. At the end of every service, we like to end down here at the front. So if you would, everybody stand, come down here with us. If it's your first time, uh, this is just what we do. This is how we like to end. If, uh, if you don't feel comfortable, that's fine. But we like to come down here and just spend some time together in, uh, in prayer and in a final song of worship. I hope when you leave today, I hope when you walk out the door, I hope, uh, I hope you don't think about just the, just the fact that we just talked about Dory in church for like an hour, whatever, 30 minutes. I hope what you think about is the great call that God has given us as the church to be there for one another. To not be intimidated and to know that it's okay that you don't have to know a whole lot. You just have to show the grace that God has shown you to other people. That just focus on where we're headed, focus on the destination, and just keep serving one another. Just keep loving each other, and just keep just just keep being like Christ to each other. Um. So, it's like it's like Paul said in Galatians. He said, uh, "Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap." God's gonna give us a reward. And if we do not give up, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let us do good to everybody, but especially to those who are in the household of faith. That means, not just in this room, but that means everybody anywhere who's part of the household of faith, anybody anywhere who's part of the, the church, who's part of the family of God. That any any place, any person in the world that claims Jesus as their Savior, that says that, that Jesus is the only hope, the only hope we have, is that, that we should be kind, especially to those people. And so that means it should go even doubly for us here in this room, that we should do exactly what that scripture says, that we should bear one another's burdens. If you've got something going on in your life, and, it, and, it's, and it, you're dealing with it, whether it's big or small, we, sh- we should all help you carry that burden. That should, be, that should be what the church is, is we should help one another to carry the weight that, that, that we're all carrying. That, that when you go through something, that it, that it bothers me too, that you're having to deal with it. That, that when, when you have a rough day, that I have a rough day because of it, because I'm, I'm, I'm helping you. I'm, I want to go with you through that. And so the prayer team this morning, they're right here at the front, and they, they want to pray. Now, you say, well, we've talked about not being selfish, basically, and, and but it, it, to stand back this morning might be selfish too because it says right here, the, to bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. We've, today we want to fulfill that. If, if, you're doing, if you're dealing with something, if you've got something going on in your life, don't hold back and say, oh, I've got it all together and pretend, you know, it, it, or, oh, I don't want people to think that, that, you know, think bad things about me. No, that's not what this is. This is, if it's a little something, it's a big it doesn't matter. We want to pray. And so the prayer team is here because they want to serve. They want to help somebody. So if that's you and you're going through something, 
then please step forward just a minute when we begin to pray and find a prayer team, prayer team person and they'll, they'll, uh, they want to pray with you and spend some time with you. But uh, We're going to pray and I, I pray, I want to pray a prayer that we would just go and that we would love and that we would serve one another and that we would be that, be the church, but also that, also for whoever is going through something because that's what the church is. The church is, is, is being there for people who, who are hurting, who are lost, who, are, who need help. So let's pray.